So many things have ruined my childhood So I go online to bitch and cry It feels like all of Hollywood is up against me They even made Optimus Fly New versions of what I grew up with Are being remade, rebooted and retried My adolescence is under attack now I think that a part of me has died Aliens, uh -huh, uh -huh. Predators, uh -huh, uh -huh. Marvel, uh -huh, uh -huh. DC, uh -huh, uh -huh. maybe it doesn't all quite stay. Okay, well, except maybe for that Jar Jar Binks. Could it be I've misunderstood? This podcast ruined my childhood. Hello. And welcome to This Podcast Ruined My Childhood. I'm Eric Walensky. I am one of your hosts. Uh, Phil Durasmo and I have been having a little bit of a scheduling conflict. And Phil said, you know what, Eric? You got a little bit more time on your hands. Why don't you take the podcast out for a spin and get one of your friends to join you? And I did that. Uh, he's my good friend. He's the co-creator of the Cool Dads Club podcast. Uh, he's guested on everything, anything, and nothing, really. Uh, you can hear him on SiriusXM and local stations in the St. Louis area. Ladies and gentlemen, my friend, Scott Hennessy. Hey, Eric. Thanks for having me, Phil. Thanks for letting me be on. Um, I'm glad you let Eric take this podcast for a spin. And I don't know if you know, he just did a fly by the tower. Captain speaking. And we're off. Here we go. In three, two, one. That's right, Scott. This week we are talking about Top Gun Maverick. Yes, I did buzz the tower. The pattern was full, but I did it anyway. Because the Navy loves a hot shot. <laughs> That's the first pilot they're keeping. The one who disobeys orders. <laughs> he has a lifelong career and cannot get fired. I know. <laughs> Disobey orders, put other people in danger. Also, yeah, uh... Yeah, flirt with the uh, the lieutenant's daughter. You're you're fine. You're fine. Yeah, the admiral's daughter. The admiral's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take thirty million dollar piece of equipment out and do whatever the heck you want with them. But gosh darn it, you're so good. That's just because Tom Cruise has great balls of fire. <laughs> uh, so yes, we're gonna be talking about Maverick Top Gun. Uh, a sequel, 36 years in the making, uh, a record for the longest time between an original and uh, its first sequel. Um, wow, quite an impressive span of time. Uh, so, Scott, uh, tell me, where were you in 1986, and how did Top Gun come into your life? I was in grade school. I wasn't 10 years old yet, so I did not watch this when it came out as a child, and... Honestly, I didn't 
I remember the craze. It was a big, you know, big Tomcat uh, craze. It was on everybody's posters and, and all about the F-14 fighters. Um, but I wasn't really into it, and I didn't see this movie until the early 2000s, late 90s, uh, when I was in college. Um, I liked it a lot, and, you know, at that time I thought, well, this is a, a good look into an 80s action movie. We're never going to revisit this, but I enjoy it for what it is, which is a lot of aerial dogfights. Yeah, and that's that's interesting that you put it in those terms. Um, I'm uh, I'm pretty much the same thing. Uh, I'm just slightly older than you, but uh, still, I did not see this in theaters. Uh, the original, I don't even think I've seen it all the way through, but maybe once maybe twice uh but i've certainly seen the entire thing in parts and pieces um you know at various times throughout my life um yeah this this really had no effect on me childhood wise at all um it didn't it didn't really interest me uh again in 86 it just wasn't a thing um but then uh but then I saw parts and pieces of it. Of course, I'm familiar with, uh, you know, throughout my life of all the... Uh, all the iconic know, the, images. The iconic the quotes of it. Yeah. Yes, the quotes. And actually, I have the need, the need for speed uh, came up as like number 86 or 94 in uh, the uh, AFI's top 100 quotes um, of of movies or whatever, whenever they do those lists, you know, um, I, I feel the need, the need for speed. Tower, this is Ghost Rider requesting a flyby. Negative Ghost Rider, the pattern is full. Uh, I have a friend who quotes that all the time. Whenever he says no, like yeah. to almost anything, like, you know, oh, hey, you got any more beer? Negatory Ghost Rider, pattern's full. It's like, you could just said no, but... <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, that's his thing. He loves that quote. Um, uh, you're writing checks the bank won't cash. Another classic yeah. one. Um, and then, you know, the most iconic would be the songs, Danger Zone, of course. But, you know, we have... Uh, my biggest memory with you of this movie is we saw Berlin in concert with, with your wife, Liz. And they did take our breath away. Uh, it was pretty iconic song uh phil's not with us but he is editing this phil can you hit us with a little uh take my breath oh there we go another earworm scott you're another one man you kind of hit you kind of hit the uh the earworms okay i'll i'll ease back i don't want to get us in the danger zone oh oh and it starts again (laughs) i've got tone i've got tone missile lock um (laughs) No, it's funny, though, that you mentioned uh, the theme song there, because uh, apparently uh, Jerry Bruckheimer and Don Simpson loved that song so much, they actually found extra occasions to use it in the movie. They had them put a few more love scenes in the film so they could use it as an excuse to, to play that song. And I don't know when the last time you actually saw Top Gun, do you know? Yes, it was right before the movie uh, Maverick came out. Uh, you did? Okay. Yeah, I rewatched it. I actually rewatched the whole thing the 
afternoon before I went to see Top Gun that night. And my gosh, dude, it's like they use Take My Breath Away as a filler. Yeah. Like, they're, like when the dialogue just went flat, they just like, do, 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 Here come do, the synthesizers. Do, do. Yes, that song just... Yeah. It's no less than like six times. It's yeah. like Kelly McGillis and, uh, and became Kelly McGillis's theme song. Yes, and Tom Cruise. As soon as they would be like, "Well, this and that. Well, this and that, and the other thing. Well, this, that, and the other thing too." And then yeah. look, look, do, 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 do. It's like, it's <laughs> a full like, song accompanied by full tongue and silhouette. Yes, it's like how people will parody like a saxophonist, like playing like that jazzy riff and then all of a sudden you see like in a naked gun it's like he's in the room, <laughs> in the room. <laughs> it's like berlin just might as yeah. well have just walked on screen every time they play this song <laughs> <laughs> oh man um well real quick uh for those of you who haven't seen the movie or it's been a hot minute uh briefly top gun uh, Tom Cruise, Anthony Edwards, they're this uh, fighter pilot team, and they're the best of the best, and they're reckless. And gosh darn it, who knows how they get to do anything around here. I love uh, Principal Strickland there as the yeah. Navy uh, yes. commander. <laughs> He's like, this burns my butt to have to do this. <laughs> but I'm slackers. I'm sending you yahoos to Top Gun. <laughs> and so, Where uh, it won't be any less sweaty there as it is here. So much sweat. Yes, I have that in my notes. I'm glad you noticed that. Every scene, these people are sweating like crazy. The worst is Tom Cruise takes a shower and then puts on a leather jacket. Yes. I said that to Liz. I was like, well, when he got done playing volleyball, yeah, we put his shirt on and then put his leather jacket on before then. And I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> we got to we got to sell some leather coats. Come on, we need some more product placement. Oh my gosh, that slayed me. But uh but yeah, every scene on the aircraft carrier, every close up of everybody, it's like the beads of sweat. It's like where did they film this? Like a sweat lodge or what? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, it made me it made me uncomfortable. And whenever you put on a new white shirt, I'm like, well, that's that's soaked. That's ruined. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so uh, Tom Cruise, Maverick, uh, Lieutenant Pete Mitchell, Maverick, and Goose. Couldn't really tell you his real name because they don't use it enough. <laughs> He's just Goose. Talk to me, Goose. Tell me your real name, Goose. <laughs> uh, they go to Top Gun, which is this elite uh, fighter pilot program. And uh, which actually, I, I got a whole bunch of fun little facts I'm going to pepper in here. But uh, the real Top Gun program, they will fine anybody on staff in the program or otherwise $5 for making any Top Gun quotes. Really? You're not allowed to quote Top Gun if you are literally in the Top Gun program. <laughs> <laughs> and if you go to the piano and play Great Balls of Fire, that's $10. <laughs> <laughs> oh man um 
So yeah, so they go to the Top Gun program. They're going to learn to be the best of the best. And uh, ultimately, all it really is is just fighter pilot school. And that's the only reason they're there. There's no crisis. There's no emergency. There's nothing major going on. And the only real drama at that point is just uh, that at the beginning of the movie, uh, Anthony Edwards and, uh, and, and Tom Cruise had encountered a MiG-28 and... Uh, Kelly McGillis's character is uh, all super uh, excited to find out more about uh, how they flew against the MiG and what happened, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Which Kelly McGillis's character, another fun fact, was based on an actual uh, analyst in the Navy um, that either one of the writers or producers or somebody came across, and uh, they kind of used her as the basis for the Kelly McGillis character uh, for inserting her into the film. Um, but, uh, so Tom's talking to her, he's doing the Top Gun stuff and then crisis middle of the movie goose, this fighter jet goes into a flat spin goose, uh, dies. Tom is, uh, uh, Maverick is dismissed of any wrongdoing and, uh, he goes back to school. He finishes the program, but of course the man Everybody loves to hate, but loves to hate him. Iceman, Val Kilmer, he wins the Top Gun Award. But then, secondary crisis, uh, there's a boat in trouble, and they got to go fly cover for the boat. And then uh, they got to go shoot down a bunch of planes and uh, protect the boat. And they do it, and Tom Cruise is the hero, and Iceman, and they love each other. and, And he says, you know, can you do the lines with me? You can sure. be my you can wing be my man, wingman anytime. Anytime. Well, not literally with me. You're gonna give me the response. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Take my breath away. <laughs> I didn't really understand the assignment. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. All right. Take two. <laughs> no, leave you that, can be Bill. you leave it. Can are we alternating words? How how are we doing this? B, anytime. You are still dangerous. You can be my wingman anytime. Bullshit. You can be mine. There we go. That's what I'm looking for. I love that. I love that line. But that's why I love this Top Gun. It's because it does have some really good, fun dialogue. Quotable stuff, you know? I think yeah. that's what's cool. missing from a lot of films lately. Very flat, unquotable dialogue, like nearly forgettable. It's like so utilitarian lately. It just gets you from A to B, you know, like, I don't know. Do you find yourself quoting movies lately, Scott? No, I don't think so. But I think that's because I have too many 80s quotes already in my head, possibly. I don't have room <laughs> you got for new many. ones. Yeah, that's possible. That's possible. I need to empty my cash. I don't know. I mean, all the way up through, like, the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy, I find myself quoting that. And that was up through 08. I feel like movies have just kind of fallen off on their, you know, quotability factor. But that's just me. Anyway, this film's filled with a lot of them. Um, and, uh, I think, uh, I think it doesn't really hold up though, as a great film, the original. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't ever a great film. It was, you know, it was all about the the dog fighting sequences, which are great. Um, but yeah, the story is is fairly simple. Um, it's certainly dated by today's standards. Yes, yes. You know, there's a lot of locker room talk and and stuff like that that you know may not necessarily hold up uh, today. Um, but it's an action movie. It's an action ride and, and, you know, got people interested in signing up for the air force. Yes. Yes. They had like a 500% increase in enrollment. Wow. Uh, yeah. It was insane. And every um, one of them got to uh, fly an F-14 Tomcat. Yeah. Right. Like <laughs> that's the other part of it too. Right. I think about that. Like I'm going to fly, join the Navy, fly a jet. Nope. That ain't true. <laughs> Did you see how many people were in that Top Gun class? Twelve. Yeah. <laughs> there are thousands of you going to be joining. Ain't thousands of fighter pilots out there. Yeah, we need people to refuel the jets. We need a yeah. lot of people for those. <laughs> we need a lot of people fixing them. We need a lot of people doing a lot of other jobs. Uh, flying them ain't, ain't all it's cracked up to be. The launch hook doesn't attach itself to the jet by itself. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it did make, uh, it was a popular film though, uh, 177 million us, uh, 356 million worldwide. It was number one in 1986. Care to take a guess at what was number two, 1986, 1986. That was princess bride. Let's see. Princess bride. No princess bride is 88. Anyway. Oh. Oh, Any guesses? I'd guessed. Princess Bride. Oh, I know. But any more guesses? Oh, any more guesses? What was popular in 1986? Um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? No, that was 88. Um, I don't know. Well, coo right. Throw another shrimp on the barbie. Crocodile Dundee was number two. I love that anytime I guest host, you have to do an Australian accent. That's that's the rules of our universe. And number three that year was Platoon. Okay. But yeah, I enjoyed Top Gun. Uh, like I said, it's quotable. It's got awesome soundtrack. You know, you got Danger Zone. Uh, you know, the the just the instrumental theme to Top Gun, iconic in its own way, of course. Instantly um, recognizable. Instantly recognizable. Um, yeah, take my breath away. Uh, I, (laughs) again, talking about whether or not it's dated, how well it's aged. Um, this part, I don't know if it's necessarily about its age as much as I just found it hysterically silly that at the very beginning, when they're flying back from having encountered the MiGs, um, the other jet that's up there is piloted by, uh, a uh, guy call sign Cougar uh-huh. and they had to keep over and over saying Cougar Cougar are you okay Cougar 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 come on Cougar are you okay Cougar Cougar and just the word Cougar over and over <laughs> and over I was dying I was cracking up this tense scene where this jet fighter pilot is freaking out they're running out of gas the plane could crash but every time they're like Cougar, come on, buddy. Come on, Cougar. Come on, Cougar. Land this jet. I was like dying. 
Come in, Cougar. Over, over, Cougar. Cougar, over. Come in, Cougar. Over. And not, even, and not even in its like reference as like a, a cougar. Right. You know, just the word cougar. Yeah, it's over, a funny word. Over, over. It's a comical <laughs> word. <laughs> That's going to be my new thing whenever I need to ask if anybody's okay. I'm going to be like, you okay, cougar? <laughs> you, okay? you okay, cougar? Cougar, come on. <laughs> and that brings me to another point about these films that just kills me is they all have real names, but then they all have call signs. And how tedious is it to write an obligatory scene in a movie where everybody has to go, so what do they call you? What do they call you? They call me this. Hi, I'm Pete. What do they call you, though? What's your call sign? Like, it's like writing so much. Who wants to name their characters twice? Right. That's a lot of, that's a lot of work to put on the writer. (laughs) (laughs) And make that scene organic. Like the very beginning of, of Maverick, um, the new Top Gun Maverick. I was dying that scene in the bar. Everything is like, you know, (laughs) Hey, oh, what's your, I'm, yeah, they call me rooster. Oh, that's hangman. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm uh, I'm a fanboy. Oh, you know, I'm like, <laughs> well, the, like, the name of the bar in the movie should have been named Exposition. Yeah, that would have been a perfect name for that bar because that's the only thing that ever happened there. <laughs> uh, and it was just killing me though with the names, which I think we should have. I think we should have call signs for the rest of this podcast. Actually, okay. I'm a. I'm a. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm. I'm Glockenspiel. Glockenspiel. <laughs> are you okay glockenspiel <laughs> i'm okay i i can land this podcast well my name is scott but you can call me residuals <laughs> <laughs> residuals and glockenspiel <laughs> damn it glockenspiel <laughs> also shout out to the guy in the tower he knows maverick you know, is a loose cannon, but he always tries to drink his coffee when when uh, Maverick's flying in. He he should have learned after the first time to just hold onto that mug a little tighter, or maybe just wait one minute to drink your sip of coffee. Yes, yeah, like <laughs> fool me just... once, you know, shame on you. Shame, fool me twice, exactly. Shame on, shame on Cruz. Like as soon as soon as he says, you know, oh, can I buzz the tower? Oh, drinks down, everybody. Yeah, that that seems like a pretty simple <laughs> rule to enable. Um, that airbase they used, Miramar. Um, no one had ever. This is one of the fun facts that I found. I'm glad you mentioned it. No one had ever buzzed the tower at Miramar. Um, but the Navy pilots who were flying the scenes, they drew straws to see who would get to do it. It went to Lieutenant Commander Lloyd Bozo Abel, <laughs> call sign Bozo. Bozo. Um, Michael Ironside just happened to be at the hangar that day, and the plane flew low enough he could see into the cockpit as it flew by wow. when it buzzed the tower. He said it was one of the coolest things he'd ever seen, a jet go that low, that fast, and he literally looked into the cockpit. Wow. And uh, speaking of the the call signs, uh their residuals um the scene where uh charlie has the older man as a date at the officers club at the beginning of top gun yeah uh that was the real life viper 
the okay. character the character played by Tom Skerritt. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's the real life Viper, Pete Pettigrew. And actually, uh, the original name, Maverick's original name was supposed to be Evan Mitchell. Um, but they changed it to Pete as sort of a tip of the cap to Pete. Oh, that's cool. Yep. Uh, he's a retired Navy pilot and Top Gun instructor. And he shot down a MiG during the Vietnam War. And uh, he served as a technical consultant on the film. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. That's really cool. But yeah, the, the first Top Gun, oh my gosh. You know, of course, the volleyball scene, you got to talk about the volleyball scene. Why they weren't playing Take My Breath Away during that scene, <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I mean, I want to know what beach that is because as sweaty as they were, that sand doesn't stick to anything. No, and I'm glad you noticed that too. Because it's amazing. They're diving all over. It doesn't even stick to his jeans. Nope, nope. <laughs> and they're on the beach in jeans. <laughs> the only one dressed for the beach was Anthony Edwards in that scene. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess Tom uh, or Val Kilmer was, but Tom Cruise playing in jeans and the other guy <laughs> in the other team, I think, was playing in khakis. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? <laughs> um. Val Kilmer actually did not want to be in Top Gun. No. He, he was forced to be by contractual obligations. And of course it became one of his most iconic roles. Uh, Iceman. I mean, honestly, it's, it's just as iconic as, as Maverick. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. Tom Cruise didn't want to be in it originally. Um, Jerry Bruckheimer uh, took him to the Navy and they, uh, and he's quoted as saying, so they, meaning the pilots, take Tom up there in a jet. They mm-hmm. do they do 5Gs. They do barrel rolls. They do everything. He's throwing up in the plane. He gets on the tarmac, runs to a payphone, and he said, I'm in. I'm doing the movie. I love it. This is nice. great. Um, nice. All of Maverick's stunt flying in the film was done by Scott Altman, who later went on to become an astronaut. Wow. Yeah. So I got tons of those. I won't waste all our time on them, but uh, I'll uh, I'll throw those in there every now and again, just because they're super interesting. Okay, sorry. Last one <laughs> for now. <laughs> Top Gun. The Navy only authorized two actual missile shots to be filmed for the film. They only shot two. And okay. apparently they're really obvious. Um, they're shot from several angles so they could, you know, use it different times without it looking exactly the same. Right. Um, and the aircraft shoots it, and he's holding a steady altitude and heading, you know, not like dodging, weaving, or anything. So it was clearly able to be filmed. All the other missile shots and explosions and all that stuff was all done with models and miniatures and everything. Right. But the company that produced it, they did such a good job that the Department of the Navy conducted a preliminary investigation into whether any additional live firings of missiles were done because it was that good. The (laughs) Navy was like, bullshit, you fired some more (laughs) missiles, didn't you? Look into this. (laughs) I mean, that's a tip of the cap to special effects right there. Yeah. Yeah, that, was that I? That wasn't ILM, was it? Was it another model it, shop? Yeah, this doesn't say. Doesn't say. Was. Yeah. So no, I I love all these facts. Um, and Phil, I don't want you to feel left out. Do you have any? 
Do you have any little facts that you want to share? Sure. The original domestic box office gross was $180,470,489. Adjusted for inflation, it's $437,765,594. To go back to your question earlier about the inflation adjustment. Okay. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that. Well, I might have known that, but I can't comment honestly right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, the original Top Gun, it's fun. Like, and, and that's why I, I, I don't think it holds up in a good way, but I definitely think it holds up in a like hand over your face. Oh my gosh. Kind of stuff, you know, especially like with that editing with Berlin, just stepping out like every five (laughs) minutes to sing their song. Um, it, it just, it's, it'll never not be a classic for that. You know what I mean? Perfect movie for its time period. Exactly. Uh, It's still a fun ride. I mean, it, it, it's dated upon watching it, but you know, it, you still get out of it what you're hoping to get, which is dogfighting. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just a good, uh, good film um, for, for fun's sake. Like it's, a, it is, it's, you said it earlier, fun, fun ride, which brings us to 36 years later, never anybody necessarily expected or even wanted a sequel. I don't even know if like Hollywood back then was like, oh my gosh, we got to do another Top Gun. I mean, who knows? Tom could have just said no. Um, You never know what stars were really, you know, thinking back then. Because it's like they wanted, and again, this sort of goes to like the world of reboots and sequels, requels and everything we're living in. Because clearly there was opportunity to have continued these stories back then in a more cohesive fashion. And now these stars are like, you know, towards the end of their careers. And it's like, sure, you know, they're a little softer now. They think a little different. They're like, I'll reprise my role. Right. even though it's going to feel clunky and you guys all wished I would have done this when I was 30 years younger. <laughs> Tom, Tom Cruise right now as a pilot is looking a lot like the original Tom cats. He's <laughs> a little outdated for this particular genre. You would think uh, it really feels like, you know, they're rolling out the mothballs for some of the characters, like you said. So like you said, this movie came out 36 years later. They wanted it to come out in 2019. There were delays. Uh, they, they pushed it back. Uh, they were really close to releasing it in 2020. And then, you know, COVID happened and they kept pushing it back and pushing it back and trying to release it. I think they did a, the right choice by waiting to release it when, you know, theaters are in full swing. I, I think, you know, some of the other movies that, you know, pushed to release earlier, like, like Christopher Nolan's Tenant didn't do as well. They didn't get the big the big theater push that they wanted. This movie, you know, was really ready, you know, two and a half years ago, and they sat on it, and and now they're you know really kind of paying, or they're getting paid off for that for that patience. It's a big movie. It's got dogfights. It's got fast jets. Uh, this is, I think, a good sequel for what the original was, which was. We just want a fun ride of some action. Um, the plot, I don't know if you want to start off on the plot. How do they? How could you possibly start a sequel 36 years later <laughs> with relevance or continuity? 
Well, and it, and that's interesting that you say that about it. Just the Jets and the and the again, it's just another good ride. That was Liz's first reaction when she walked out. Was that was just another cut and dried movie. You didn't really need to have seen the original. Obviously, it helps if you know about Goose going into it. But otherwise, there's no major universe, cinematic universe you need to know about. There's no like extra books. There's no extra shows. There's no extra video games. Nothing you need to have done. And when it's over, it's just done. There's no clues or mystery or, ooh, this could be the net. It's just over. And she was like, more than anything, that is what kind of really makes it as a a true sequel to, and I mean, I guess sort of reboot, requel, whatever you want to call it. It does pick up, but also having literally watched the first Top Gun and the second Top Gun back to back, the second one is literally the first one. You could lay it over top the first one and it matches almost perfectly the only real difference being is goose died in the first one and that death still and that death kind of drove the second half of top gun well that death pretty much just drives maverick from the beginning so they basically kind of got out of needing a real emotional crisis in this movie because they already had it Mm -hmm. so that's where you Mm -hmm. start whereas the first one uh had to had to bring that up in the middle otherwise when you look at top gun you know all you're really talking about the first one it's like ah, i'm a top shot you know hot shot pilot i'm gonna go to the top gun club and so who cares who wins right am i rooting for tom cruise i don't even really know tom cruise wow i kind of like val kilmer because he's kind of a more of a serious type oh he loves volleyball hey who knows who's gonna win i don't but then you know once goose now you've got now you've got that drama. So with this one, um, you're already starting there. So this movie was able to do that. What they flipped around then, though, is in the first one, they kind of threw that last mission in there. Like after graduation, Val Kilmer wins. He's the top gun. Well, where do you go now? Well, now we need to throw these guys out in the real world for some reason. And here you go. Well, this one, you start there. Why are we bothering with this old, you know, do it his own way, lethal weapon, (laughs) Uh, Navy pilot. Well, because we need to do something that's never been done. And you're pretty much the only guy who's still around. Who's even experienced anything close to this. So let's use your expertise. And kind of funny to me. uh, I don't know how you felt about it, but right from the jump, uh, Ed O'Neill, love Ed O'Neill. What did you think about Ed O'Neill in that scene? Well, I thought Ed O'Neill was excellent in Modern Family and Married with Children. I think you're referring to Ed Harris. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> no, it, yes, he, he was, he, he's great. He's Ed great. Harris. <laughs> I loved him in The Rock. That's one mm-hmm. of his best roles. He plays military beautifully so now he's an admiral and he gets to deliver the president or principal strickland lines <laughs> i can't believe i'm gonna say this you're the most reckless you know rootinous tootinous son of a gun this side of the pecos <laughs> and i gotta send you to top gun 
I, I jumped out what you had said about how you could lay the two movies on top of each other. Literally, the movie Maverick starts out with the text, the same text on the screen about this elite group of fighter pilots to get invited to join Top Gun. It's the same theme song, the same uh, edits of, you know, people doing, you know, Air Forcey things on an aircraft carrier. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. I, I, I haven't compared them, but I, they're probably basically the same, like, shots and cuts. Um, but, you know, going off of there, what you had said about, you know, you don't they don't need to go into, you know, create a drama with Goose. They've already created that. And in this movie, uh, uh, Goose's son is is part of this this Top Gun group. Um, whose name is the best name ever, Bradley Bradshaw. Uh, <laughs> he, go- <laughs> he goes by the name Rooster, of course, uh, uh, which is which is great, you know. But I don't know. He seemed a little too on the nose. He like dressed exactly like his dad. He uh, you know played piano, played the same exact songs in the bar. Uh, that was a little weird. It, it seemed a little little pandering. Um, he gave a great performance, I thought. Yeah. Uh, and he was really, you know, a great spitting image of, of you know, his dad. I thought, I thought the casting was was excellent. Well, uh, hey, for that. Great Balls of Fire is as timeless, timeless today as it was in 86. The kids love it. I remember <laughs> in college, we would sit around the piano and we would sing, goodness gracious, great balls of fire and basically everything in the Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, uh, playbook. Uh, we had them all memorized. Um, Jerry Lee Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. That's the music guide. <laughs> Wait, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, Jerry Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> now you're doing it. Oh, <laughs> top of gun and flurgan. <laughs> <laughs> Topping gun and flurgan. <laughs> oh boy. So yeah, so so Maverick starts off uh he's he's still a pilot. He's running uh he's the pilot for this uh super uh super duper project trying to develop a stealth fighter plane that can go Mach 10. It's going up against drones. Um and then uh and then He's got to make sure that they can get the plane to go as fast as it can uh, to, to Mach 10 so they can keep the program going. And that's where he and Ed Harris are kind of butting heads. Uh, long story short, he manages to accomplish his goal, but he, he destroys the plane in the process after sort of disobeying orders. And then that's when he ends up in Ed Harris's office. And he's like, well, your project might continue, but you got to go to Top Gun to help them with this thing. <clears throat> um, that scene. When he leaves, he says, your kind are about extinct. Right. And then he says, well, maybe, but not today. I, 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 I'm trying to be fair with these movies, but, ah, I, I had to nick that right at that moment because it just felt so generic to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, again, we're living in this world of requels, reboots, etc., which is why we do the podcast. But it now we're just tripping over ourselves with the same lines about, you're the old guy, oh, the old person, oh, you're the old one, you're the old... It's like, we, we get that already. Can't we do something more clever with this now? 
You know, how to, old do you think Ed Harris's character was in that? He was like mid seventies, maybe. I mean, he was older than Tom Cruise, and he's talking about <laughs> right. I don't care about pilots; it's all about technology now, and and getting drone fighters instead of jets. I don't know many grandpas that are like that. (laughs) that's a good point scott you're right this is an old grumpy admiral that's definitely older than tom cruise by easily easily 10 years but you're right probably 20 and and he's he's the one but then also like who's he calling extinct if he's like in his 70s as an admiral like shouldn't he be retired now just to go live his life like as an admiral he's got to have an incredible pension built up like what's he even really hanging around for anymore well we've learned that you know in the air force it's impossible to get fired if you break the rules so ed harris is just in it until he dies Tom Cruise can't get fired, breaks every rule of the book, which we're reminded about several times. No, he's a, you know, loose cannon, doesn't follow the rules, doesn't take orders. Cool. All right. You're fine. Val Kilmer's got your back. Right. Iceman. So he goes to see John Hamm. Uh, I love, I I (laughs) love, I love me some Hamm. I love John Hamm. That was an unexpected little uh, cameo. I like seeing him. Yeah, I didn't know he was going to show up, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, that was nice. And he explains that there's uh, uh, nefarious activities afoot, and uh, there's a facility that's making some uh, MacGuffins in a MacGuffin world, and we got to go fly a jet there and blow up this MacGuffin. <laughs> Can I ask you a question? Yes. They got to fly a jet where? Who are the enemies? That's that's why I said they're going to MacGuffin Land. Yeah. <laughs> Unnamed. Yes, uh, it, it's probably the Death Star as as far as the missions are concerned. Oh boy, we'll get there. All right. Yeah. So they got to go destroy some MacGuffins in MacGuffin Land, which really I don't think they did say where. No, they never did. They just said it's somewhere, and uh, you got to take an aircraft carrier to get there. Um. Either that or you go there on a rainbow and wishes, one or the other. I don't know where this place is. And uh, and they got to blow up these uh, these chemicals. So, uh, well, so which are in the exhaust ports. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right, right below the main port. <laughs> um, and so uh, they explain this whole crazy, the only way to get there is this. You can't get there any other way. You can't, you can't. You can't just do anything. Else. You have to follow a specific path and a yeah. specific flight so path the, in a specific the, order. The, this whole thing is like it's 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 like they're trying to blow up Doctor Evil's base. It is so cleverly crafted, you know, almost cartoon like, like where this base is. Well, like, they have to stay low. They got to stay below the radar. So you know, I buy that, and it's it's a treacherous terrain. So you know, it's it's a very specific <laughs> path. I guess. But then you got to ask yourself, like, how they were able to create the facility in this, what, burned out volcano or whatever it was. <laughs> like, like, literally, you, you already said it. So let's all right, let's just go there. It is. It's a freaking Death Star, this thing like that they built. And, and they are literally they say that it's a it's an exhaust port is the mm-hmm. only way. I don't think you can say in a movie we have to blow up the exhaust port. We have to go in the exhaust port without hearing 
the, you know, it's a small thermal exhaust port right below the main port. You know, Luke already did that in 1977. We're still, bad guys are still creating bases that have exhaust ports. Didn't they watch Star Wars? I mean, they're in a volcano. That's a giant exhaust port. <laughs> hit, hit me with some Akbar, Phil. The shield must be deactivated if any attack is to be attempted. Once the shield is down, our cruisers will create a perimeter while the fighters fly into the superstructure and attempt to knock out the main reactor. There we are. All right. So, uh, <laughs> hmm. so yeah, they have to fly this trench run and then hit an exhaust port, and and then that's the that'll save the day. So, uh, so Tom agrees. Uh, he'll go to Top Gun and he'll teach these kids how to do this. Um, of course, the goose's son is a Top Gun pilot. He's there. There's tension. We think at first it's just because, you know, my dad died when you were together and I don't like you because of that. We don't really know why. We, we're just assuming that's it. Uh, turns out, though, at the uh, request of Meg Ryan off screen completely, uh, she is passed away for this film, uh, her character. Uh, she has requested that... Uh, Maverick find a way to uh, pull her son's papers so uh, so he doesn't go into the Navy and become a pilot and die like his dad did. And uh, which I think kind of sort of does a disservice to Goose in general. Um, you know, oh, my husband was a brave pilot and I didn't mind that he was doing it. But now my son, nope. You know, don't you dare be like your brave father. That's odd, I think. But anyway, uh, and Tom Cruise is taking the heat for that decision. Right. And uh, and he's even questioned later, like, well, why don't you just tell him, you know, that it was his mom? And he, I can't do that. Then he'd resent both of us. That's I'd say that's fair on on Maverick's part. But Liz brought this question up. We're reminded several times of how relatively low ranking Tom Cruise is. How does he have the ability to pull anybody's papers and prevent them from enlisting in <laughs> pilot school? Right. That's a good point. I mean, theoretically, and this is what Liz and I discussed, did he get help from Iceman on that? But then Iceman would just agree to something like, I don't know. This No, seems... I think you're right. It had to be Iceman because, you know, they're they're texting buddies to this whole thing. <laughs> and, and it really feels like the only reason... Tom Cruise hasn't got fired is because of because of Iceman. Like he's really kind of been there to protect him. And they and I think they referenced that as well. Um yeah. So so there's resentment all over the place and uh and and uh Goose or Rooster never finds out that they never tell it um that uh it was because of his mom. Tom just continues to take the heat for that. Uh they keep trying to do the uh the trench run it's uh it's it seems impossible uh there's a little bit of a non sequitur love story with uh tom cruise and a bar owner um, penny benjamin the admiral's daughter yes who was referenced in the first one <laughs> just a throwaway line that she became the new love interest yep a fun fact about her just age wise real world age wise she would have been 16 in 1986 so Jennifer Connelly. I don't know what Maverick was up to then. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Uh, 
Um, but that's just real world ages, of course. But um, they're age appropriate now. They're and... <laughs> <laughs> now. It's now. Okay. I mean, even their love scene is like the most like age appropriate love scene. It's it's them like sitting on the bed <laughs> chatting. <laughs> And and it's not even quite clear before or after, I guess. Right, right. It doesn't need to be said. It's, really, it's all it's, it's all like, about talking. It's like either, oh, that was great. Oh, let's talk about you now. Or it was, <laughs> you know what? Let's just talk. Yeah. <laughs> Age-appropriate love scene. That's a good band name. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's sort of a throwaway little side plot. doesn't really... Yeah, do anything for the movie, and then the real uh, purpose is is two thirds of the movie is training for this mission. Exactly. Yes, and uh, so it's got a little bit more stakes to it than than the first Top Gun with just who's going to be the Top Gun and win the award. Um, so in that sense, you know, the training and stuff has a little bit more gravity to it because these these kids got to know what they're doing. Um, there's still a slight little. Uh, uh, competition there to see who's going to be flight leader. Um, but ultimately I didn't care, right? Whether yeah. hangman did it or goose did it. It's just setting up which way you, or, or rooster did it. It just sets up which way you want your drama to go. Right. Is, is, is uh, rooster going to go along on this mission as second banana to hangman. Um, and who knows how that dynamic will play out or is hangman going to be grudgingly second banana to rooster. But, Neither scenario happens because Maverick has to step in because these kids don't have the confidence. They don't think it can be done in uh they had three minutes to do it. That's what they've been trying to do it in. Maverick steps in, gets in a unauthorized uh plane and does it in two minutes and 13 seconds. There's still like two seconds on the clock when he finishes. Right. So now they all see he can do it. Well, now John Hamm, gosh, darn it. You lethal weapon. you disobeyed all orders again but gosh darn it you're the best that we got (laughs) just give him another chance at 54 there has not been a better pilot in the navy (laughs) since 1986 what does that say about navy there has not been a better pilot like i well, would... I mean tom cruise has been training them so obviously he's holding back he doesn't want anyone to take his title <laughs> yeah right no wonder there's no, no good wonder pilot. he's keeping them down no. <laughs> but uh he's pulling people's papers <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah but he does it he uh he does it he he ends up becoming flight leader because he's the only one who can lead these these yeah. ragtag group of elites. He made the Kessel run in two minutes thirteen seconds. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a small thermal exhaust port <laughs> right below the main port. <laughs> um it's interesting you brought that up too about the uh what country is this and who are they? All faceless. Yeah. Faceless enemy. Top Gun was the same way when they fought the MiGs, even though MiGs are Russian jets, so we know it's Russians. Um, and then later on, I, I think they were fighting MiGs at the end again. I don't remember. Um, but uh, but still, even for just, they're just labeled Russian. No yeah. faces. No, nobody else. Um what do you think about that concept? 
I I think it's fine. I don't think that we need to, you know, give them a face. It it really is not something that stands out. Um, you know, there's there's some talk on the internet that, you know, when they actually go to this base, they find some F-14 Tomcats. Every other every other uh, Navy in the world has decommissioned them. Uh, the only army, uh, the only military that still has them, I believe, is Iran. So that's what people are saying as well. That's supposed to be Iran, but they don't say that. And, and you know, every other F-14 Tomcat in the world has been decommissioned or in a museum. So uh, I don't think they needed to give a name to it. It's, it's it, like you said, it's a MacGuffin. It, it's all about the mission and the, the flying. It has really nothing to do with, you know, whatever a country or what the enemy's uh, um, views or beliefs are. Agreed for the movie sake, but to look just slightly beyond that, to just make your enemy baseless, identityless, it certainly makes it more like, you know, killing uh, drones in a video game. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not going to like belabor it, but it just, again, I, I'm not, I'm watching this as an older adult who's like seen more of the world. If I just watched this at, you know, 18, 19, 22, whatever, I might've been like, a, Oh wow. I want to sign up. Let's get in there. Let's do this. But, but just from the perspective of, you know, the world as it is, it's like, you know, just a faceless enemy seems like just the way I think a lot of people view the world. Mm -hmm. And I think we got to remember that there are people out there, even though they're different than us. And I don't know, maybe we should just go back to laughing. Did I take this in a weird spot? Kind of like to me, this movie, what it excels at is the flying sequences. I thought they were unbelievable. Uh, the way they were filmed, you know, Tom Cruise, the the actor, <laughs> is actually a pilot. So he did uh, a lot of flying. Uh, everybody else, you know, was not flying, um, but they were in the planes. There was no CGI or green screens in the planes. That was all the real deal. And it showed. I mean, I, f- I told my wife, I felt like I was in that plane the whole time. You know, whether it was the lenses that they chose or the cinematography or just, you know, how close they were. Like, I had never felt that much like I was in that plane with them. Um, They used uh, the Super Hornets were the planes. Uh, Those are two seaters. So they're not as fast uh, a plane. Uh, I guess the F-35s are a faster plane. But in the movie, they say, oh, they're they're unavailable. And, and that's really because that those are single seaters. They needed planes where they could have, you know, a, a pilot and then the actor behind them. So, you know, it, it's kind of the reason they did that. But but I didn't I didn't know any of that until until I read about it. Really, it just it, to me felt like they were in there flying. I felt like I was along for the ride. Um, when you, you know, say Tom Cruise was actually flying, he knows how to fly jets. I don't know if he flew the jet, but I know he flies planes. Oh, I know he flies planes. Right. I, I, you know, he. They probably said, "Hey, buddy, come on, let me, let me take it up. I'll let you land it." 
<laughs> it's Tom Cruise. I would have said, yeah, sure. What do you do? <laughs> There's no cameras in here. No one's going to find out. Um, did you feel the same way? Like, I mean, it felt like we had to wait forever to get some, to get some flight sequences, but did, did that make it worth it to you? Did that, that feel like what the movie, that was the payoff? I mean, it was cool. Um, but, and, and I don't know, did, what screen did you see this on? I did not see it on IMAX. I've seen it twice now. One was a pre-release copy. One was the, uh, the final version. Um, but both of them were pretty big screens, but they were just a standard aspect ratio. They were not IMAX. I would love to see it in IMAX. Yeah, I didn't see it on IMAX either. I just saw it on regular screen. Um, it, it, they look great. I mean, they did look great, but, and maybe it's because I just literally watched the first Top Gun. I was just, it looked really neat, but I knew, at least in certain parts, especially the the, the bulk of the training, um, there was no real danger. Like, it looked really good, but like, I was just like, let's get to the trench run. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I guess I got impatient with some of it. Yeah, it, it felt like a lot of lot of schoolwork before we could get to the payoff. But you know, they had they had some fly some test runs. There was there was a close call with um, uh, the female pilot. I can't think of her name. Is she Phoenix? I don't remember why. Uh, I think they're flying too low for too long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Tom Cruise goes on the mission. Uh, he and Rooster pretty much uh, make amends, and uh, they're they're kind of buddies. But Rooster is still not one hundred percent confident in his abilities. They get on the trench run. The Millennium Falcon swoops in, and no, I'm sorry, wrong trench run. Um, <laughs> they're in the trench run, and uh, Rooster starts feeling bad about himself, and then he has a moment where he has to say, talk to me, Dad, instead of talk to me, Goose, mm-hmm. and he gets his confidence back because I guess somebody talked to him. I don't know, but uh, he then uh, jets ahead, and uh, Tom does his part of the mission, which was to shoot the first missile in and uh, blow open the hatch, and then... Uh, Rooster goes behind him and then he shoots and he blows the whole facility up. But then that's when all hell breaks loose because now they have to get above radar and that's where uh, the missiles are going to start shooting at them. And then there's two jets out there that are going to come find them. And uh, there's all sorts of uh, panic and chaos and Maverick goes down and uh, Rooster and everybody is ordered to go back to the aircraft carrier, but Rooster stays around to save Tom, and then he gets shot down, and then Tom comes up and he yells at him for saving him, and then this is where you really pushed my my ability to suspend dis- disbelief. I was definitely in the danger zone at this point, where they run to the base that they just pretty much destroyed, and they find a fully fueled and nearly ready to go operable F-14 and they jump in it and they are able to take off on a runway that they already blew up and (laughs) an impossible bucket of bolts. Yeah. And they managed to do it. And then they even managed to shoot down uh, another enemy aircraft in this thing. 
And then, of course, at the very end, we knew it was going to happen. Did you know? I knew that was going to happen. Uh, they're about to face certain death. And then Hangman, who did not, did not get chosen for the mission, swoops in and shoots down the enemy plane and has a very uh, forgettable line. <laughs> <laughs> and then they go back to the aircraft carrier and happily ever after Tom Cruise gets the girl. He and uh, Rooster are buddies now. Rooster comes to terms with his father and Tom Cruise is still nobody special in the military doing exactly what he loves to do. But he Which, lives, his apartment is in an airplane hangar. Did you notice that? Yeah. Is, was yeah. that what I saw? Does he yeah, really? He lives there, apparently. All and, right. And yeah, he drinks his coffee next to this plane. <laughs> so and his motorcycle. His motorcycle's there, too. <laughs> <laughs> he puts a tarp over the motorcycle though in the hangar. <laughs> Eric, you yes, you put you, you don't think about it. You think yeah. up there you're dead. Don't think, feel. Put yeah. the tarp over the motorcycle. Anyway, uh like I said, that's where I just had the most problem suspending disbelief was that, but uh but it was fun. I mean, again, for a movie that just ends and it doesn't, you know, belabor itself. It it just that's it. It was uh it, it, it doesn't was change the world. There's nothing nothing to learn from this. I don't even think there's really a character arc except for Rooster. Maverick is I mean Ma- Maverick had a character arc in the first one where he's like, "Okay, I won't be such a hot shot. I'll calm down." And then he's right back to where he was in this one. Like he learned nothing. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. There really are no arcs. So it's, you know, it's a fun popcorn movie. Great action sequences. Great flying. Um, you know, it's, it's. I think, the right movie for this time. We just needed a fun movie. And, you know, 36 years for a sequel. I, I wouldn't want it to be, like, changing it all up and, and you know and creating a whole new universe. Like what we wanted to see was Tom Cruise, you know, being the best and then he delivered. Wow. Scott, you took my breath away. Well, there it is. Um, I agree. Um, to go back though, the line from, uh, uh, Al Bundy at O'Neill, no, Ed Harris. Uh, when he says extinct, and then, and and then that just conjured up again all the images of all the reboots that have been coming out, and then, and then the father son dynamic of you know we're picking up a past relationship. I mean, I felt heavy tones of you know that's pretty much where the Creed series has picked up, even though Rocky didn't kill Apollo, mm-hmm. but it's it's you know it's it's essentially a surrogate you know, father figure and uncle or whatever you want to say, um, kind of having to carry that, you know, next generation onward and get them to come to terms with, you know, their father and different things. And again, uh, I mean, do I need to see Miles Teller like teaching his kid how to fly a jet in, in 30 years, you know, or can it just end here? Can that be, 
the last we see of Maverick? Is that possible? It's kind of a stretch if we think that all of the tellers are pilots. (laughs) 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 Guys, be original. Yeah, I I, I know. I just, uh, yeah. Um, but it was, it was good. It was a good popcorn, fun, fun little flick. Um, oh, well, we didn't mention this. I kind of glazed it, but, uh, I really liked, uh, Val Kilmer. Mm -hmm. I thought he was really good. I, I liked, like he, he, he really emoted, you know, just with his face and everything. And then, and then that wasn't even because the last I saw, he was able to sort of talk, even though it was very grainy. Yeah. And uh, this was actually um, c- not CGI, but like uh, voice AI. And they, but they used his voice to create it. So they basically dubbed him with him. Oh, really? In this film. Yeah. But I thought for sure uh, Tom had a really good emotional scene there. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. And, and Val Kilmer might win the first Oscar for acting through text message. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. They had some really good, they had some really good, you know, conversations and, you know, they might win a technical Oscar cause you could actually read the text on the cell phone, which was surprising. Right. Uh, but no, I, I agree. It was really just a touching moment uh, having Val Kilmer. I, I wasn't sure you know, knowing he was having health issues, uh, if he would even be in this. Um, and, and it was really nice that he was, it wasn't, you know, when I saw it, it wasn't any billing or IMDB pages. I think it is now. Uh, so that was a surprise to me. And, uh, yeah, it was really, really a sweet moment. And, and it's also good to know, like in that universe that they did actually, you know, stay friends after, you know, after the first movie. So in that 36 years, you know, I, I see them, you know, just really being, you know, really good buds and, and, you know, staying close all that time. Um, I don't know what Tom Cruise does for Val Kilmer. It seems like Val Kilmer is the one that's kind of helping Tom along um, in that relationship, but who knows, maybe, I mean, we don't hear about any other missions that Tom Cruise did. I mean, did he just kind of coast and teach after, uh, after that? Yeah. To me, that would be some interesting stories was what happened in those 36 years uh, between these two movies. Like he had a full career. He was at the beginning of his career. Now he's at the end of his career. We skipped over <laughs> the big part. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I you know, I, to put it that way and say, you know, well, Iceman does things for Maverick. What does Maverick do for Iceman? I mean, they could have just been friends. And every time, you know, Iceman moved up a level, he'd be like, you know, Mav, you could be doing this. And he's like, look, man, I'm happy doing my thing. And you're like, I know, I know. I just want to fly. Right? Like, we all have friends like that where you're like, but you could mm-hmm. do so much more. No, I'm good. I'm all right. Okay. I still yeah. like you anyway. But, uh, uh, so- did, did you know Lewis Pullman, who played Bob? is the son of Bill Pullman. Hmm. I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fact from out of nowhere. Uh, so, Eric, did 
did this ruin your childhood? No, because again, I didn't even really have this as part of my childhood. Um, it's, uh, yeah, I don't really have any much more to say about it. It's just, it, it was what it was is great direction. Some really cool scenes. Um, it, it did what it was supposed to do. It was just supposed to be entertaining. Um, it did again, just, and, and I guess I'm just in some sort of reboot syndrome now where every time I watch one of these, I'm just thinking about where we started, where we're at, and where these all keep coming from. So as long as this is the last Top Gun movie ever, mm-hmm. I mean, until we remake it with spaceships or something, um, mm-hmm. I, I think I'm good with it. So uh, I think Tom Cruise will have a, a remote control and he'll be flying a drone from the nursing home. <laughs> did uh did this ruin your childhood it did not it didn't ruin uh didn't ruin anything actually i thought it was a fun ride i'll say i enjoyed this movie uh more i enjoyed maverick more than the original uh by far but and that's you know partially because it wasn't such a big part of my childhood you know the only part of my childhood that the movie fit into was uh kind of uh uh uh, uh tangentially i would say you know it was i was aware of it it was you know they sold a lot of toys and and a lot of posters and you know at the book fair you'd always see you know the tomcat posters and everything but um yeah it wasn't it wasn't as meaningful to me um but you know being a part of the the collective uh uh pop culture uh i'm glad that you know we had a little closure we got to kind of see these this world one more time and I think they did a good job with it. I've seen much worse sequels that are just cringy or, or your hand over your face. Like this, this was, you know, I, I felt like it was enjoyable to watch and, and uh, a real, you know, did a real service to the original. Yeah. Well, awesome. So, uh, residuals, where can people find you? You can find me on my podcast. Cool Dad's Club podcast available wherever you can find podcasts. Apple, Android, all of the above. It's where me and my friend Jorge, uh, my friend George and I, we have a podcast where we are talking about being dads. We are both raising uh, uh, young kids and we talk about what that's like. Uh, There are lots of episodes and we hope to record some new ones soon. So is that... uh... George call sign Jorge or <laughs> that's right. It's, it's uh George uh, call sign reboot. And you, uh, you called me Eric earlier. I'm Glockenspiel, man. You are Glockenspiel. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> I, I messed that up, so I'm sorry. And I'll just say now, uh, take me to bed or lose me forever. <laughs> <laughs> you take my breath away. Show me the way home, honey. Show me the way home. <laughs> uh, people uh, can find me uh, at Eric underscore Walensky on Instagram. But, you know, maybe uh, you find me on Facebook and, you know, send me a message. I, I heard your podcast and, uh, you know, lighten up a little bit. That You know, then, then we'll be friends. Eric, stop ruining all the movies. <laughs> I mean... I don't want to be on with you when we talk about Top Gun Afterlife. You will just hate it, I know. (laughs) 
well, folks, uh, we hope you enjoyed uh, this episode where we took a look back at Top Gun and took a look at Top Gun Maverick. And hopefully this podcast did not ruin your childhood. Could it be I've misunderstood? This podcast ruined my childhood. It's dialogue, Scott. You can be my wingman anytime. Okay. And then, you know the response? No. Oh. I forget. All right. All right. The best in the business or something? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. You're the best in the business? <laughs> you can be my wingman anytime. You're the best in the business. <laughs> I'll be your wingman when you have throat cancer and can't talk. How about Oh, that? <laughs> no. Phil's going to cut this out? No. <sighs> He's going to cut that out. All right. No, what does, he res- what does he respond? Bullshit. You can be mine. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I thought Phil said we weren't allowed to curse. No, I never said we don't. I just, we don't drop F-bombs or nothing. But yeah. if it's in an, a direct quote from the movie, we'll, we will, you know little curses <laughs> curses <laughs>